It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Okay. Brady Man, the guy who kicked that punt, yeah. the onside kick, and threw that pass, went to A&M, and we used to see him throwing around in the uh, practice facility all the time. He's practiced a million onside kicks. That was like the worst one he ever kicked. Yeah, it wasn't field. even that good an onside kick. No, it wasn't kick. a great onside <laughs> kick. That's, that's the crazy part You didn't get it. that traditional high hop right. that you want. Yep. It looked like it was 100% I thought it was good because he split – JOK and David Bell. The placement on the front was line. good. Yeah, the placement is great. But he, but he didn't get the high bounce that right. makes yeah, it you want, the, you want the high. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And with that, we do have the Euclid High School alum, the second Euclid High School alum on the show with Director Steve Robert Smith. Robert, what, right. what's your thumbnail on what the hell happened on Sunday? <laughs> I mean, I know it might take you 10 minutes to unload, but where are you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you guys are gluttons for punishment, man. There's a game tomorrow night. Like, let's move on. Seriously. No, that you know what's, what's crazy? I'm over oh it, Robert. That, I said my piece. I broke it down for everybody. I'm good. We I, didn't have Tyvis until today. I was that's over what, it after 24 hours. That's why oh, we're doing okay, it all I got today. You. Well, we, well, that was the that was the first of all. That was a flat ball that he kicked, though, wasn't it? That's it was. not. They, they, like, yeah, they, they have a new they have a new style of kicking the onside kicks where they kick that spinner like that because it's just so hard to handle the ball. But you got to teach somebody on the side. And I know you're talking about somebody make the hit, but if that ball gets to you uh, and you're on that hands team and you're that close to the sideline, knock that thing out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You know, and that's and that's game over right there. I mean, and and it's so crazy. I I saw or I heard the stat during the game or after the game that had been some more than 2000 games since, uh, since a team had given up the lead with less than two minutes. And I apologize for laughing. I had no idea that it was the Browns that yeah. did it back in 2001, the last time. And it just, just a gut punch to put it kindly, right? Like you, we can think of much worse ways to phrase that, but it, it just, I just felt so bad for the team to lose that way with everything that the Browns have been through. For years and years, for the, for a game to end like that, you just got to say, I mean, of course, right? Like, it had to end that way. What other yeah. way could it possibly end? Robert, you're right with the of course. Every time we say that's the most Browns thing ever, it gets topped. <laughs> Sunday was the most Browns thing ever. And yet, you know what? In, in, in 24 hours from now, the Muni lot, which is about 200 yards behind where we're sitting right now, will be jam-packed with people on a weekday uh, hydrating themselves to get ready to go into the stadium <laughs> and root their lungs out for this football team. That's You know you're from here. You know what the makeup of these fans are. We are gluttons for punishment. We'll be right back there Thursday thinking that was a one-off. Tonight's our night. Yeah, well, but here's the thing. You know, the, the short week, even though for players – Sometimes it can be difficult just because you're a little bit banged up and you have less time to recover. When it's a situation like this and there's a game like that that you want to get over, this is the best way to do it, right? You have to you have to be on that short week schedule. Forget about what happened the week before and just get ready to play. Robert, what's the biggest challenge with a Thursday night game? I know players hate them. Hmm. Well, it's it's just a quick turnaround. I always liked them. I liked you them really? because you know, you didn't like we didn't have the normal Wednesday type practice where mm-hmm. uh, you got nine on seven and all the pads and everything like that. So, um, you know, the weeks were a little bit shorter, mostly just kind of walk through stuff. And if you're banged up, obviously you don't like it because you have to turn around so quickly. But it just was I always I always like the Thursday night games. And, you know, the install is a little bit quicker. Uh, for people that are trying to make some changes and adjustments. So for for younger players, sometimes it can be more difficult. But I always like Thursday night games because, you know, it just it just meant that uh, we were going to get right back at it sooner. And then after you're done with that game, you get a nice little break. Sometimes you can even go home and, you know, watch your uh, watch your college team play. Robert, what you think of your Buckeyes, man? Did you was you happy with the 77? Are you concerned about the defense? <laughs> I, I got my own yes. concerns. How, how you feel about it? 
Yeah, and I, I think, you know, we heard from Jim Knowles afterwards. Like, he's he's expecting, he kind of builds it in, that with the aggressive style that they played defensively, that they're going to be giving up some big plays. You know, I think the, the thing that, you know, if you're looking at it position by position, you know, Burke, again, struggled, uh, you know, coming off of the freshman campaign that was so solid. Everybody expected, you know, much different things this year. Uh, but, it, it, you know, it's – the time to be doing it right <laughs> you know before you get into big 10 play and you want to kind of make those mistakes at 100 miles an hour and i think you know you, you know this as a defensive player and and even as an offensive player you know i had coaches tell me all the time either be right or be wrong but be decisive right so you want to try and get guys making aggressive mistakes but it just in in his case it just seems like uh, you know, whether it's a technique thing from time to time, just tracking the ball from time to time, mm -hmm. you know, those have been some struggles. And, you know, Finn's probably the – he's the best quarterback or at least the most athletic quarterback probably that the team's going to play throughout the regular season. So yeah. not making any excuses, but, you know, you saw him on that 23-yard run. You had guys in position just diving at his feet. And I, I, I heard Knowles talking about uh, the players diving at his feet and saying – uh, you know, you got to take those few extra steps, but and those, that guy was just gone. He was yeah, quick. He was. Buckeyes actually have a real opponent this week, Robert. <laughs> Play, uh, Wisconsin wow. in conference for the first time this year. What do you? What are your expectations uh, for this? I mean, Wisconsin's always tough. I know the spread seventeen. But I feel like Wisconsin's always tough. I don't know. I haven't seen them. I haven't yeah, seen them. Oh, play, oh, always tough. And even yeah. back when I when I played, and it was really you know as Barry Alvarez was just taking over, uh, and really turning that program around. I remember we lost there in uh, in '92, and that place is just a hornet's nest, right? This is this is before jump around even came into the uh, in into the stadium experience. It's always tough. You got one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in the country. And, you know, you just expect a physical style of football out of them. But, uh, you know, obviously they've already lost uh, to Washington State, but they didn't give up a whole lot of yards in that game. So I think defensively, you know, you can expect what uh, what we've seen in the past out of Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator in this defense. I think they're going to uh, play out defensively. I just don't think that they have the athletes to keep up with, uh, you know, the uh, stable of wide receivers. And how impressive mm -hmm. was that? I mean, getting Fleming back, man, that one catch he had, oh my like, God. fingertips, like, catching the, the edges of the ball, man. And Marvin Harrison, <laughs> it just looked better and better. And, of course, Igbuka and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba back and healthy and into the lineup. I mean, there's just too much firepower offensively. And when some play, of the, th the throws that Stroud made, yeah. he, hmm. he there were two balls that I can think of. One was for a touchdown that actually were caught out of bounds. Yeah. The, the, the receiver's mm -hmm, hands yeah. were out of bounds. He was putting the ball, Robert, where only his guy could catch it, and he was doing it on throws of s some distance yeah. downfield. Yep. His accuracy was incredible. At one point, I think he was 18 of 20, and when he threw his next incompletion, you could tell he was furious with himself. <laughs> he doesn't want to throw any incompletions. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great coaching. And, you know, now calling NFL games as opposed to college games – that's something that really stands out. I mean, the athletes are just so much better defensively. Uh, the windows are so small, and ball placement becomes that much more important for the quarterbacks, and C.J. Stroud has clearly been working on that. It's not just put it on the numbers. It's put it, as you say, exactly where it needs to be, uh, you know, if it's going to be away from the defender, away from the leverage, uh, but pinpoint accuracy and uh, a high level of expectations. You know, the expectations that people have outside are never going to be higher than you have for yourself. Hey, Robert, where, where you been, you, Jay? Wait, Robert. <laughs> Jay, Jay hey. had to go to the bathroom. He couldn't make it. He only made it an I'm hour. Glad. Had to yes. go to the bathroom in the middle of the show. Yes. Hey, you know, would you have Taco Bell for lunch? You're an old man. Oh, no, my God. Listen, had, no, Robert Smith uh, has a question for you. Go ahead, Robert. I can't hear. Hang on. Was that, did you have Taco Bell for lunch? What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> that was a border run. <laughs> I mean, my God. Hey, normally, Jay and I are older than you. We never go during the show. I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was Jason, yes! Jason was doing a final take. Oh, yeah. He, started, he like, and, and, I, and, I, and I go, I got this. Jason's not going to go long. And about yeah. three minutes into it, it's 1 o'clock. 
I mean, you know, we were sitting here two hours, no commercials, yeah. and I sucked out two Gatorades during the show. I, I literally <laughs> hit the floor you know and army, army crawled Jay, under, army the, camera crawled under went, the camera. I had two. Wait a minute. Let me say, let me say this. Yeah. You did it. I was, started with Thomas I would take the blame because I did start this. You're the first one that ever did it. <laughs> I have done it twice. Robert, yeah. it's tough, man. You're sitting here for two hours. Two hours. Oh, no bathroom break. Yeah. And I will say the only two people who have not had to do that. Bull and Bull? G. Bush. Three, Bull G. Bush and Steve Curran. Steve Curran could go 15 didn't hours. Didn't I do it once? I didn't do it once. I thought I did. <laughs> Maybe well, you did. Normally it hits me like 1220 no, and I can squirm in the chair yeah, long no. enough to make it to one. Robert, <laughs> let, Today, there isn't is that no a terrible way. feeling though? You're, you're looking at the clock. Let me tell you, like, I wish all y'all would shut let up ask, so get in the Let show. me ask both Robert and Tyvis this. For both of you, when you played your first Big Ten game of the season, mm. or even more importantly, as a freshman or if you're a redshirt sophomore or whatever, when you played your first Big Ten game ever, did it mean a little more than the other games, even if you'd played a good opponent before or no? Well, for, for me, games. you know, as a freshman, as a freshman at Ohio State, it was, a you know, just kind of getting used to playing big time football. And I, I told you guys before, but, you know, didn't really grow up as a, as a big fo uh, college football fan, quite yeah. frankly. I wasn't watching a lot of the games and, to me, all the games were big, but it was our it was our third game of the season. It was a, a kind of a big one for me too because uh, we were playing against USC, and uh, USC had been my second choice of school. So uh, playing against the team that you had turned down that was kind of a big one. But yeah, the, the the Big Ten games mattered, but when you're a freshman, all those games matter. For me, uh. The Big Ten games, yeah, they, they had a little bit more weight because it's the it's your conference play. You know, these matter, and you always wanted to get to the Big Ten championship game. So, yeah, I think they held a little held a little bit more weight. I think my first one we opened up against Wisconsin, and I didn't really I was playing nickel. I was a red shirt freshman, so I was playing nickel, and you know, obviously they don't run a lot of eleven personnel. So yeah, I right. my, my snaps <laughs> my snaps was limited that game. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Robert, when you look ahead for the uh, back to the Browns now, when you look ahead for the Browns, um, yeah, it's a short week. Yeah, they've got a lot of things to fix and to clean up. But the Steelers obviously haven't been world beaters. They're very much like us. Right. They could be 2-0. and They could be 0-2. They both sit here at 1-1. and How do you see this football game playing out? What are your thoughts on Mitch Trubisky so far? Yeah, he's, I mean, Mitch has always been inconsistent, right? I mean, that's a, that's kind of what we've seen, except maybe when he was playing at, uh, at Menor out there. Um, but, you know, for me, it's, it's not Mitch Trubisky that's the problem. It's the offensive line uh, that's been a real problem. I mean, uh, you look at Najee Harris on the season, averaging less than three yards a carry. Uh, that's not Steeler football. Uh, so it's not just Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. He was sacked three times in the game against New England. Uh, you know, sacked once in the opener, and that can be a real problem. Now, I know Clowney is going to be out, and Miles Garrett has the neck. I assume that he's uh, that he's going to play, uh, but I expect the Browns to get after Mitch, Trub Mitch Trubisky really well. They're going to be able to shut down that run, I believe, uh, because that offensive line, again, has just struggled. And, you know, they thought that, you know, bringing in Mason Cole at, at, at center, uh, bringing in, you know, his experience, uh, along with their right guard that, uh, that's got a lot of experience. As a matter of fact, those two guys had more starts coming into the season than the rest of the offensive line combined for the Steelers. But uh, it just it, it takes a while for offensive lines to gel, and it's the most important thing for any offense to operate is for an offensive line to gel, to see things the same way. So as long as Jacoby Brissett and its offense take care of the football, I think the Browns come out with a victory. All right. Well, we like to hear that. Mm -hmm. um, Robert, as always, thanks for joining us. Great insight. Uh, are you working a game this weekend? Or are you off? No, I'm working a game. Uh, we have Atlanta uh, at Seattle. So oh, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. And both of them coming off losses, you know, frustrated. Uh, so it'll be fun. And always well, wait. To, uh, it's always, always great to get up to the Pacific Northwest, too. It's beautiful up there before the rain season starts. Yes, it really is. And I, I'm glad you're actually working that because – Obviously, the next opponent for the Browns is Atlanta, so you'll have a great scouting report for us ahead of the <laughs> Browns-Falcon game. And hopefully, we're talking about them trying to get to three and one. So, have yeah, a great and call you know, and one, enjoy the game. The, Go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things, real quick, that I didn't, I didn't even realize until I was, you know, looking up some background information on Pete Carroll is that he was at Ohio State back in 1979. 
I don't think uh, I knew that either. I didn't know that either. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, but, uh, I, I, I did not know that. Yeah, and uh, you know he's, he he just seems like such a fun guy, and you know obviously uh, followed his career both as a coach, or, or excuse me, back back when I was playing, and now as an analyst, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. They've got their they've got their work cut out for them uh, this game and for the rest of the season. But uh, it's always uh, always fun to uh, meet coaches like that that uh, have such great careers. Absolutely. Thanks, Robert. Robert, have a good game. We'll talk to you next week. Go Bucks. Okay, guys. Robert Smith uh, with us on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And so we talk about getting a scouting report. One of the things that we really want to do uh, on the program is try to hear from somebody in the media who covers the Browns opponent that week. And Brooke Pryor is the ESPN Steelers reporter. And Brooke joins us now on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Brooke, thanks so much for joining us. You know, it's easy to dismiss an opponent when, when... you're looking at matchups and all of that. But I, I say about this game, it is a rivalry. And you know the cliche, throw the records out the window. Um, they both want this one um, just as badly as the other. H- how is this Steelers team internally? Because it almost looks from the outside looking in that they, they could be a little bit wounded like this Browns team. They had some miscommunication. They haven't played well. They had, they've had a little bit of conflict and, and turmoil already internally. Where are they as they get ready to come to Cleveland tomorrow? Yeah, I think that this locker room's in a really interesting place. I mean, even after the loss last week, there was frustration on both sides of the ball, which was a totally different locker room than we saw after they beat the Bengals when I think there was a lot of relief. But, I mean, the defense felt great about how they played in that game. But at the same time, T.J. Watt was injured. And so it's been kind of a maybe unsettling is the right word for this team um, and how they're feeling in the locker room. Um, to me, it's interesting because I felt like I had been transported back to 2021 when we were talking with Mitch Trubisky yesterday, the questions that were being asked, you know, Hey, uh, can you guys, can, can you go up tempo in your offense earlier? Do you have the power to audible? Um, do you think that, that going up tempo would help? Because when you guys were at the end of the third quarter, you mixed in some tempo offense and that seemed to help. These are all the same questions that we were asking Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Canada a year ago. And so to me, that points to there's some issues with the play calling, talking with players this week. They're all saying, you know, I, they're, they're saying this is not on Mitch. There are some other things that have to happen to get this offense going. Brooke, you know, um, I hate to do what have, shoulda, coulda, but I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> if the Bengals' long snapper doesn't get hurt, the Steelers are 0 2. Fair? Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he didn't get hurt. Yes, yeah. The Bengals win that game, and the Steelers are 0 2. One thing that I, I think, you know, maybe the Steelers' offensive line will eventually be better, but I think we're also seeing this in Cincinnati. You may add more talent. The Bengals added veteran talent on the offensive line, the Steelers' younger talent. But the offensive line, more than any other position, takes time to gel, right? You got new faces. Bengals have four new starters. Steelers have some new starters, too. I, I, you know, that's maybe they'll get better. But right now, their offensive line is a mess. And, Although it's funny. Be- right? I was At the same time, though, their offensive line is a mess. But they're playing better than they looked in the preseason. Okay. To me, that's significant. You know, Mitch Trubisky only has a handful of sacks at this point. Right. So is it so then you talk about the miscommunication is it on the coach is it Trubisky not good enough is the game plan too conservative is Najee Harris overrated why did everybody draft uh, what's his name uh, the wide receiver I can't think anybody's name Deontay Johnson no Pickens George, no. George Pickens. why did everybody draft Pickens in fantasy leagues when he hasn't done anything what do you make of it all I gave you eight questions hey it's me <laughs> I, I don't even want to answer let me see if I can work my way through that yeah um well first of all I'll say I'm one of those people who drafted George Pickens in my fantasy league yeah. so and he is at the very bottom of my bench um <laughs> I think unfortunately I really wish that I could tell you I found a diamond in the rough and right now the Steelers are making me feel pretty dumb on that one um I get the sense that this is a, a play calling issue um, but both both the offensive coordinator, the offensive game plan, and Mitch Trubisky have to be more aggressive. George Pickens said this week that he felt like he was running free down the field 90% of the time. I don't think it was quite that much. Um, <laughs> but he, he, there were more opportunities that were out there. Trubisky has just got to look down the field more, but at the same time, I think the offensive plan has to have him throwing the ball down the field more because I feel like we're seeing what we saw last year with a lot of throws 
short of the sticks, especially on third down. Is there anything that's more maddening than that? Uh, no. And I just get the sense that he a he says that that he's not worried about his job, but I think that that has to be in the back of his mind somewhat when you know you have another third down that that's short and the crowded accuser starts chanting Kenny. I mean he can't escape it. And so I yeah. think that maybe it's more reassurances from the coaching staff or he needs to trust himself more, but he's got to let it loose if this offense is going to get going. But he also said post game, you know, how do you open up downfield passing call concepts to get receivers there? And then when coverage dictates it, get the ball to those receivers. That's the recipe that that's what they have to do. But you know, easier said than done. Brooke, you read my mind. It's exactly where I was going. How long is the leash on Mitch Trubisky? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, I I think that this is going to be a really important game for him. I thought it would be a little bit longer than this. Um, I'm still, I, I don't think that this is all on him. But if the Steelers did want to make a change if they felt like that at some point this season they were going to hand the reins over to Kenny Pickett. They do have a mini buy coming up after this Thursday night game if the offense can't get back on track. And look, that's a tall order because there's not much time to change the offensive strategy on a short week. Um, I, I still think this comes down to more play calling, but there's not another offensive coordinator waiting in the wings. There is another quarterback. I think that that possibility becomes more realistic if Mitch comes out and doesn't have a good game. I said Kenny Pickett would be the starter well before the bye week. Fair or false? True or false? <laughs> fair or false? <laughs> fair or false? That's a new one. I haven't played that game. Um, <laughs> Coming to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show next yeah, week. Fair fair or false. False. We're cutting edge here, fair Brooke. False. We're cutting edge. You guys are teaching me so many things. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go... If you had asked me before the season, I would say false. At this point, I feel like it's fair, just given the trajectory of how things have gone. So not I hate true, to say but it because fair. I like that she played. But fair, <laughs> but fair. But not fair. Exactly. Oh, false. Yeah. Right. I'm going to play your games. I might Yes, you, you made the game there. Right. You're, you're, you're a great guest. I can tell you that. <laughs> Playing along. There it is. There's our true or false graphic. Right. Uh, hey, Brooke. Um, it, what's what's funny to me is as as you look at the Steelers historically and particularly with Tomlin at the helm, they don't know what it's like to be under 500. They ju- they just don't. They haven't lived there uh, at the end of any season uh, under Mike Tomlin. And I don't. I'm sure that there may be a point in time, particularly early in the season, where they've been there. But we talked earlier on the show. This is not an organization that pushes the panic button. They that traditionally stay the course. And they figure it out. All of that being said, what everybody loves the backup quarterback. He's the most popular guy in town. What you've seen of him through camp, through the preseason, is he going to be any better with that same offensive line in your in your view? You know, I I think that he would be maybe just as good without offensive line. I think he could be better. To me. The intangible here is the spark because a team is going to to be energized by a quarterback change, especially when it's the rookie first round pick coming in, the homegrown guy. The fans are going to be more excited about it. I think that there would be a different tone and an energy, and it would be. I feel like right now the Steelers team is is on the defensive, trying to you know defend Mitch and defend what's going on. I think you put Kenny in there, and everything changes, and they become more aggressive naturally. Um, but I. I think that the Steelers, though, do need to do something with this offensive line to use Mitch Trubisky's mobility um, because that's a trait that he has. That's something that Mike Tomlin said for a while that he wanted in a quarterback. Kenny Pickett has the same thing. I think he has even more than what Mitch Trubisky has. So, yeah, maybe he fares a little bit better with this offensive line. But, look, the reality is this offensive line has not been that bad in pass pro 
The run game is where it's been an issue, yeah. and that seems like they're just not on the same page with Najee Harris. I've watched, you know, some some film back where Najee is just missing holes and he is running to contact, and it's just it's puzzling because that is not how he plays. Um, I don't know if it's a health thing for him or what, but to me, this offensive line has outperformed expectations. That does not mean they're good by any means. It just means yeah. that I had really, really low expectations after the preseason. So they're jumping over a low bar. Yeah, and there was somebody before the season started that had Najee Harris rated higher than Nick Chubb. Which was idiotic. Listen, and we killed Brooke, him. Brooke, yeah, I know. I Brooke, think. you just told me that I need Couldn't to Couldn't be tra- me. You told me that it's I not need- you, bro. You literally just said, told me to trade Najee Harris while he still got some value. That's what you just told me on my fantasy team. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not going to straight up tell you that, but I will tell you that in my fantasy drafts when he was available, I did not pick him. And I like mm. I like drafting guys mm. that I cover because I'm naturally going to pay attention Where to them. Where was you but three I just... weeks ago? <laughs> I like, come on. Yeah. All right, um, so, but I can tell you to trade him. So there's that. Maybe yes. the guys in your league aren't watching this right now. Yeah. They might. Well, they are. They are. <laughs> they might. sitting right next to you. Unfortunately, then I got <laughs> I don't have them in that league. Um, with Brad's the, not here. Trade with, him to Brad. With, uh, <laughs> He'll buy with, the, with the connection that Jacoby Brissett and Amari Cooper had last game, what is the what do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers plan to uh, slow them down? Because Amari Cooper is one of those guys that once he gets rolling, it's hard to stop. You know, I thought it was interesting that Mike Tomlin said that Amari Cooper is playing well, but he's doing the same kind of things that they were asking Landry to do, that they were asking OBJ to do. Um, so he's familiar with with these concepts even if they haven't played Amari Cooper himself very often um, but I mean I'm looking at a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick just to see what he can do they move him all over the field he has two picks in two weeks he had the pick six on the second defensive play uh, mm. of the season in Cincinnati so I'm looking at him I, I like what the corners have done so far they don't have a guy like Joe Hayden who I mean as you guys I'm sure have seen retired this morning as a Brown uh, as someone who just covered him in Pittsburgh, I was mildly surprised, but then I was also like, oh, yeah, he was in Cleveland much longer than he was in <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that that's going to be something that they're going to have to stop. But to me, if I'm the Steelers, I am less concerned about Jacoby Brissett, uh, Brissett connecting with Amari Cooper and much more worried about those running backs, especially the way that the Patriots moved the ball uh, in the fourth quarter and ran out the clock yeah. that yeah. I felt, again, like I was in that – that that time transporter back to 20 that time machine back to 2021 and we're seeing run game issues all over again Brooke last thing um in that first game against Cincinnati TJ Watt you know the defense played well though Burrow had a bad game turn the ball but TJ Watt was wreaking havoc that whole game I mean he was just he was killing Burrow he was making every play you know something we haven't seen enough from Miles Garrett we, we but, but anyway we saw from him they lose him you know the defense wasn't tested all that much. Patriots offense isn't very good. The Browns are a one-dimensional offense with, with the running game, which is great, but their passing game. Again, next week, the Jets played well, but the Jets aren't a great. They're playing much better offenses after that. How big, once they start playing consistently better offensive teams, and even this week against the Browns in the great running game, how concerned are you about the drop-off of their defense overall with the loss of Watt? Yeah, I'm pretty concerned uh, if, if I'm the Steelers looking at, I mean, they didn't record a single sack last week um, and they weren't playing like world's best offensive line. They just weren't able to get pressure. It felt like they were maybe an inch or two away from getting to the quarterback. Um, Malik Reed played well. I thought Alex Highsmith played okay. Um, Cam Hayward played really well, but still, I, I think that they're missing that that extra energy, that guy that, you know, you know you can't double team or you know you have to double team, so maybe you leave Alex Highsmith open. I just think that it's a lot harder for this team to generate pressure without – I mean, it kind of – it feels ridiculous to say out loud because it's like a no-dust statement, but at the same time, it's a lot harder for this team to generate pressure without the reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year on the field. I think they're going to have to rely on doing some creative things, bringing up Arthur Millette to blitz more often. Um Things like that, even though the Steelers said, hey, we're not going to reinvent the wheel without T.J. Watt. I kind of feel like they have to because what they were doing last week didn't work. So they've got to figure out something because they can't go, what, five more weeks without a sack? They're they're not going to win a game. Nope. 
All right, should be exciting Thursday night. Thanks, Brooke. We appreciate the time. Yeah, Brooke, excellent job. We enjoyed it. You were super good, uh, and we'll uh, hopefully we'll talk before their second meeting later this season. Next time we'll play true or unfair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. All right, Brooke, uh, thanks. thanks Brooke. Great sport. Um, I want to clean up one thing. Guys, can we take the graphic that had the last four results, Brown Steelers? Yeah, Steve, that's uh, four. And by the way, the postgame show, Tomorrow night, still yes. happening, even for a late night. We two are minute doing warning. a post-game yep. show. It starts at the two-minute warning. I promise not to declare the Browns victors or losers until <laughs> the final whistle Thank you. has officially wait occurred this time. Yeah. Mikey, Steve. what about Saturday? Well, Thursday's before Saturday. You'll, you'll hype up Saturday. Yeah, we'll I mean, talk about Saturday on Friday. Sat- I finally get to be on this on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there'll be another Buckeye By the way, I too. forgot to mention, on uh, before you mentioned this graphic, Yesterday, we had a schedule graphic, and uh, on the schedule, it, instead of saying Bengals, it said Begnals. That's what we're calling them now. We officially changed their <laughs> name. Changed them to the Begnals? Yeah, well, or the Bengals. <laughs> the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go back That's to that. That's their cheerleaders, that, that, by the way, the Bengals. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's also their team this year. <laughs> so far, it uh, has been. If we can throw that uh, last four results graphic up, I want to clean something up. That's, yeah. that's not right. Ooh. 38-7 was the first Steelers-Browns game in 2020. Their last two games against the Steelers in 2020 was the last game of the regular season, a a win for the Browns that put them in the playoffs, and then they beat them in the playoff game also. The playoff game is missing. That's what's missing. Well, no, and – well, the regular season game is – No, uh, the regular season game is Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, it's the so playoff game is the missing. playoff game this is, is not the last there. four regular season. Yeah, regular season. That's that's true. Yeah. But listen, when it's Brown Steelers, I count everything. Yeah, we got to put the playoff I mean, game. So, yeah. uh, I don't know why I hate that team so much. I guess because they've been so good and we've been <laughs> yeah. so so crappy. I, I one of the best things I've ever seen in person was when the Steelers fans gave the Browns a standing ovation at the at, at the end of their last game in '96 before the move. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was one of the classiest things, and it, it's been really hard for me to hate their fan base ever since. Yeah, bleep them. Yeah, no. <laughs> let's get back to the Guardians, guys. Can we talk more baseball, McNuggets? Yes, let's do it. Please, we have, let's do we do have it. your permission. Uh, before we do that, just for Tyvis, we are doing a Buckeyes post game show on Saturday night Thank you. at about twelve fifty nine when the game's at thirty. Ah, yeah, smiley G again. The clock. We will be going live, and why we'll. Does- why does you get to be to front center all the time? Well, look it's at that knock. smile. Where it's else you want to put I got a smirk. So, I got a smirk. Yeah. That is that. Let's talk Guardians. That, that, <laughs> and by the way, uh, that, that's a McNuggets eighth grade picture. Shout out to my hat. We talk a Guardian. Shout out <laughs> to that. Picture's that picture is actually less than a year That look from McNuggets is like a year old. You look like 12. That look from McNuggets, his face is like he just saw his girlfriend hooking up with another guy. That's what it looks like. Look, Wait like, a minute, let me see like, it again. Yeah, let me see, see it again. It. Yeah, let me it's see the freeze frame of a uh, stand up. Put it back on for a second. Is, put it back on. No we got to punch it back up. <laughs> He's horrified. It's like mid, he was, it was like he was about to see his girlfriend, so he had a smile, and then she's kissing another guy, so he was horrified. Hey, it's it's mid sentence, but hey, that's what you guys think. All right, Guardians, baby. McNuggets, eight minutes. We love you. You know that. Huge win oh, last night. Yeah, uh, go ahead and throw one. that graphic up that we were going to start with. Yeah, for the for the Guardians. Yeah, you would put something up on the screen. Which one? Uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of them. I'm not sure what pops up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I saw it for a second and then we wiped out. Let's of just it. take tag board full. Is this the one you're talking about? Yeah, I think it was tag board actually. Yeah, I love that. We, we love, love our, our disgusting, disgusting brand, brand of baseball. baseball. Yeah, I don't think it's disgusting at all. Who's no, saying no. they're they're, they're no, making no, fun of no. the fact that people call. It's called Satire Bowl. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> I understand. It, what did Elvis <laughs> Andrus what was what did Elvis Andrus say? Was it was it off of his tweet? No, I think just no. the general conception of this team is they play ugly baseball because they don't yeah. have a lot of home runs. You know what they play? Disgusting, but you know they, what play they play winning baseball. They play playoff baseball. And and here's what I mean by that. Short pitching stints by the starters, get it into the bullpen where your yeah. strength is. Right. And they also build runs. Teams don't build runs anymore. Teams, when they, that's why when they get to the playoffs and you need that bunt or you need that stolen base, this team is built for that. Stolen and I know, base, at least. I don't know about bunt. I mean, even the Guardians don't bunt much. No, they don't. But uh, by the way, I'm glad they, they get, didn't bunt with Miles Straw in the, uh, in the inning. They tied the game. Yeah. On the broadcast, on the TV broadcast, they were, they were saying they should bunt. I'm like, you're yeah, down two I, runns. I, I didn't like inning. that either. I wouldn't have bunted bunt in that there? situation. But I, I, what yeah. I mean by that is yeah. they've got five guys on this team that can swipe bags. They've done it regularly throughout the regular In season. In fact, I'll give you a stat. 
guard, this is the first time they've had five guys with 15 or more steals in 100 years. Because they stopped running. Sheesh. They right. stopped running. But teams don't have that. Yeah. And kudos to Terry. Remember when the season started and the organization? We all said, we don't have any outfielders. We, we have nobody in the outfield. All of a sudden, Oscar Gonzalez has emerged as this pillar in right field that hits Solid. and plays defense. He's great. Yeah. You got Miles Straw in center. Defensively, there are a few better. And you've got Stephen Kwan, and this is an outfield guy. Yeah, I'd still re- like to replace Straw. I know I, you would, I would but for the offense. And you got him for, on your fantasy team. I, because I needed some stolen bases. It's category. <laughs> He's gotten me a couple of stolen so bases. You, but so I, but this, this outfield, him. to me. I'd rather him not be an everyday starter. But you're it's him. better than I thought. And certainly Stephen Kwan, most oh. importantly, and has Oscar been Gonzalez. fantastic. Yeah, he is. Oh, but Oscar Gonzalez has been good for a while. Stephen Kwan's been great. Yeah, the but whole he came season. out of nowhere. Nobody expected that. From I hear him you, this but year. but Kwan is going to finish what second for rookie of the year? Probably behind Julio. I mean, nobody who, who the hell had that in the beginning of the right. season. Yeah, the thing, with, the thing with Oscar Gonzalez is he's yeah. the first tangible proof of the Guardians Dominican Academy yeah. because we've yeah. heard so much about this academy and they haven't. Ha- Jose came through it, so I shouldn't say that. Jose yeah. Ramirez came through it. And but we he, thought it would be a pipeline, and right. it hasn't been. And he makes it the whole thing worth it, just one guy. But you're going to start seeing more of these guys come through here now. There, there's a bunch of guys on the cusp who have come through that academy who are ready to contribute at the major league level. So yeah. I'm really – Jose Tanya, I think, was one. Um, I'm, I'm, the names are escaping me. There's four or five guys yeah, yeah, yeah. who are ready now. And I, they're not all going to play here. A lot Does of them Spino come through there, or is she – no. No, I don't think so. He was, no, no, he was no, a first-round right. pick. Yeah, yeah. But um, – they're, not all of them are going to play here. In fact, most of them right. won't. But they're pieces. But they're pieces, and they're highly thought of pieces that could be bundled in trades. Yeah. I mean, honestly, in this offseason, they don't need that much. I, I think they need a real first baseman, and I would make Naylor my DH. But Naylor has improved, man. Yeah, but I'd He's still rather him be DH. Not, not, he doesn't have to, it's not like Framiel Reyes where he has to DH every game. Hmm. But I would try to get a, a, I, I had this dream, by the way. I know this obviously will never happen. But I actually mentioned this on my podcast this morning because he's a free agent. Obviously, I know this would never happen. But can you imagine? He's not a first baseman. Can you imagine if the Guardian made the biggest shocking move in the history of baseball <laughs> and said, new owner, we're going to consistently have a payroll of $150 million or more. Which they, they should. And they signed Aaron Judge. <laughs> <laughs> he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Oh, they're going to. Oh, sign. that's. I hilarious. know that's, that's not going to in that water bottle. I know that's not going to happen. Who, by the way, with his next home run, will tie the yes. American League home run record yes. for a single season. Remarkable. He had 60 last Hate night. the Yankees all you want. Yeah, he's Which remarkable. He has twenty more home runs than anybody else in baseball. Where is Albert Pujols? Is he at five? five? He's at six ninety nine eight. Six ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. He needs two. Also remarkable. And I'm hoping he gets there. But I'm rooting for Aaron Judge. I I don't like the – I always hated the Yankees since I was a kid. But I like Aaron Judge. I got no beef with him. We may see Aaron Judge down the road. And I hate putting the the cart before the horse. But with our magic number now at nine with 11 games – or 14 14 14. games to go. I mean, I know the 99.9. But if you start looking ahead, their first-round series right now would be against the Mariners. And – with this new setup, all three games would be here in Cleveland. Right, which is huge. Huge, huge, huge. huge. It's also huge that they clinch before the last week of the season. Let Tito set up the rotation. Let guys be on full rest. Yeah. Seattle's going to be coming in here knowing that they've got to win two on the road against a team that you look at the starting pitching, that's going to be tough to figure out. And the Mariners are struggling right now, and they're banged up. Yes, they're not the team that they were in August. Oh, they killed the Guardians. I know. With the two series they played them. Yeah, they but, but that's regular season. Looking extremely ahead, yeah. I think things set up very favorably for the Guardians for a, for a deep playoff run because if they do, if things hold and they get Seattle and they can get past the Mariners, they then would get the Yankees, not the Astros. Right. The, Astros the Astros are not are... the team you want to see <laughs> no, until no. you get to the ALCS. Yeah, well, still... you hope somebody can knock them you out. You hope that someone, yeah, I don't see that that's happening. That's the worst matchup for the Guardians. Can you imagine yeah, saying in July you want to see the Yankees? No, because they were they were at eighty and time, sixteen. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like they were going to break the record. Yeah, they were, yeah. and they kind of righted the ship here the last couple of weeks after they had played poor baseball for much of July and August. Yeah, they were terrible. What are y'all throwing out a first pitch on the 29th? 29th. It's our hundredth show. Yeah, that is right. The 29th. It's our hundredth show. Who's yeah. doing that? Guys, real quick, yeah. I got yeah, I got that, a little bit of breaking news it? for you guys here. Um, this oh. is actually important. Earlier in the show, you remember Bull said he would beat Sir Yacht in a race. I never said that. What are you talking about? He said. You you put on Twitter. Sir Yacht tweeted, "Who in, I'll race anybody in yeah. Cleveland in the hundred." And I said, 
Would you race Sir Yacht if oh. you started it? Okay, midfield? well, I heard that wrong, and I tweeted it out, and BetJack yeah. actually put odds on it. Let's take the tweet here. BetJack literally saw the tweet. They put what? odds. So, Bull versus Sir Yacht. Bull's oh a plus God. 825. <laughs> what? Wait, are we? This is not Are we doing the, the 50 yard? I'm not going to race him. I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> I didn't I'm just re- saying. If he getting the 50 yard here, that's the power of this show. I misheard. I misheard. Yeah, why would you guys tweet that? That was. I was. I misheard. I thought you challenged him to a race. No. Why would I challenge him to a race? He's like twenty something and thin. I challenge him to a race. I'm fifty years old and great and not in not great shape. I mean, I'm not gonna compete him in a race. Well, either way, I misheard it. I tweeted yeah. it, and now we have legitimate odds on it. So. <laughs> well, listen, as long as Bet Jack is watching, that or at can't least be real, is it? Twitter feed. No, it really is. That's the real Bet. It Jack. is the real Bet Jack. It, it, I recognize take, take the it icon. Put it. it is legit. The real Bet. So Jack. what we need is we, because we do odds here and we talk about betting, <laughs> we need someone from Bet Jack maybe to be a regular to come on and tell us how they set these odds, what the process is in this, and, and maybe get someone from, from their place to start. kind of explain that to our viewers because our viewers are very much, as we've seen yeah. from our chat, they're very much into odds and betting, and come January 1st, it's, it's a whole new it's world. On. It's a whole new world. Yep. And speaking of betting, yeah. Who would have bet that Bold be 0-2 in fantasy football through two weeks? I, Especially after... And isn't Brad 2-0? So Brad's 2-0, and, and we have Dave Richard here now to... Brad took Cade York in the fifth, it, it, fifth round. I mean, <laughs> and he's 2-0. I lost to a guy who, took, who who has no clue what he's doing. Brad has zero clue what he's doing. I had to set his lineup for him. <laughs> which is true. That's true. Because yep. I'm the commissioner. Big. One player, but he didn't even know he could change his lineup. Okay? Well, he's never done this before in defense of Brad. Me too, and I know. And I, my and wife drafted a kicker with in the fifth round, guys, and she started. And five I lost and to him this week. Do you believe that? That's embarrassing. It's flat out embarrassing. Oh, loss! I could not stop laughing at you. <laughs> it's terrible. I deserve the criticism. Dave, look, I think Dave is even getting a measure of enjoyment out of this. He aren't is. You? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Because you don't understand, Jay. You don't understand. It's been a decade that I've known Bull, and all I've heard about is, "Oh, my teams are great. I'm competitive every year. I'm yeah, great job. That's my He'll tell that could have been a business. The so-called fantasy experts never let me in their leagues because they know I dominate. It sounds like me. No, we just forget that you're, you're out there. We don't bring you I want to get in one of these we high did, stakes uh, We did a league once, I thought. No, we didn't. I thought we did a league once. Dave, we Dave. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what we Bull did Bull been hanging with me too much. He's starting to talk like he is. <laughs> yeah, but no, Dave Dave understands it. I'll give you I'll give you my Bull impersonation. Yeah. I'm in 15 fantasy leagues, and I'm going to win all of them. <laughs> I, I ex- Should you not have that expectation to win every league you're in? Sound like But me. I deserve ridicule well, and criticism. But you're on two. You're not Dave, Dave, his quarterbacks in our league were Tom Brady and Trey Lance. It's bad. Oh, man. Yeah, you can pick up Jimmy. It's bad. I did. I think I did. No, I have Matt Ryan now. A very exciting. Oh, wow. He's killing it. Oh, yeah. He's killing it. I crapped the bed with with the quarterbacks here. Who are you playing this week? I'm playing Anthony, so hopefully I can get back on track. We'll see. Dave, I got Hey, in fairness, though, even though I deserve the most ridicule, Mikey McNuggets is in dead last. Is he? It is he super would be flex the no, I, had, I had the worst week in fantasy. Because he's 0-2 with the lowest point Oh, yeah, your quarterbacks are abysmal. He couldn't even break 100 <laughs> points last week. I, week the super I have Joe Burrow league. and Kirk Cousins as my two quarterbacks, and those two combined have three touchdowns and nine interceptions. I've never year. heard it's of terrible. anyone missing 100 points in a it's super tough. flex. <laughs> Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's brutal. Juju Smith-Schuster. Dave. All of them. Yeah, Dave, it's embarrassing. We're setting the bar very low here. It, it is embarrassing. Dave, I Dave. got a fantasy question. Let's get a real question a, here. Go this, ahead. This is about, right, this is about Five, me. Finals. Everybody this makes is it about, about me. I got, I got four running backs, and I need to know which two to play. I got Alvin Kamara, okay. Najee Harris, Miles Sanders, and Damian Harris. Which two am I playing this about week? Damian Harris. So it's it's easy if Kamara's out, you'll start the middle two. Yeah. Uh, Damian Harris, I don't feel really good starting him, but if Kamara plays, who'd you say? You said Kamara, you said Sanders, and you said one other name. Najee Harris. Najee, yeah. Ooh. Najee Harris. Now, should, I, uh, should, I, should I trade him? Is that the question? That's another you, question. You could, but you probably took him in round one or round two. Yeah, I think so I you're probably not going to get that back in return. Right. Find so the the lead bull and trade him. Back for him. Titus. <laughs> So so who is the two well, I should start? Oh, you the sucker. The sucker. I, I, I think uh I, I think you gotta go with Sanders has been playing really well. Yes, Philadelphia's playing Washington. I like him. Of catches count, it's a lot closer between him and Najee. 
Uh, but if Kamara's out there, I think it's Kamara and Sanders. Okay. Dave, you were red hot with your suggestions last week. I know you said you didn't like St. Brown. You, you, you just didn't think he was going to be that guy. Huh. Oh, my goodness. Huh. I mean, if yeah. anybody was watching you last week and they claimed him because he was available a lot, um, this, this guy's been incredible. He has been. You're talking about St. Brown on the Lions, right? Yes, Not St. Brown on the Bears or no. Curtis Samuel. He wasn't available. He was like Samuel was a guy that I no, definitely No, he was available. He was available in my league, and I didn't get him. Wow. Who? Well, that, stupid that's, because he was no, I know. Well, listen. Who are you talking <laughs> about? My league's a family league. Wait, so. who are you talking about? St. Brown. Oh, oh yeah, that was one. He, yeah. I just beat me with St. Brown. St. Brown had more than half my team. I don't know why he – Yeah, he shouldn't have been a free agent in any league. No, he wasn't my – it's a family league, Bull. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Who, so I, I who got you. Maybe you week? guys just don't like Lions. Who do you want us? To, who do you want who, us to pick up this week? Well, I think you go to wide receiver and you just look first and foremost at what Garrett Wilson did last week. He was outstanding for the Jets, and you guys saw him at Ohio State. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? An amazing route runner, great speed. Kind of made Joe Flacco a better quarterback than he actually is, and I think he can do it again this week against the Bengals. I think the strength of that Bengals defense is their front four, not necessarily their secondary. And the Jets are just willing to let Joe Flacco let it rip all the time. So if they're going to allow that to happen, Garrett Wilson's going to be in line for a bunch of targets again, and he should be able to come through. So he's my favorite guy to pick up off the waiver wire. Right behind him is Curtis Samuel. People did not listen last week. I, I told you that Curtis Samuel's I play. <laughs> I know you did, Bull, and you're still 0-2. No, uh, differently. Samuel differently. <laughs> was this extension of the Washington run game. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to continue until at least Brian Robinson comes back or until Curtis Samuel gets hurt, because he's been known to get hurt. It, it's so, interesting that you pick two Buckeye wide receivers. Go Bucks. That's true. It's true. Go Bucks. All yeah, right. and, you know, don't forget about Chris Olave and those smaller leagues. Yeah. Now we got by, three. The, by the way, Dave, you, are you a White Sox fan? I don't think I knew that. Is that I am. Die hard. Are you, that, I, I don't want to talk, yeah, <laughs> talk about it last night. I want to talk about it. Yeah, you don't. And you guys you know what? You know what? Good. The, the Guardians have had our number all year. And, like, it, it's – like, we had, we had to sweep this series. We, like, I'm a part of the team. Yeah. Had to sweep the series just to, like, have the tiebreaker in the ALC. And I'll tell you, man, the White Sox were so mismanaged through the first two-thirds of the season. They were. That they, they deserve to be in this position that they are in. Uh, and the Guardians have played like the better team. I'm not going to be sour about it. I'm not going to make fun of you guys for changing the name or you know, having a bunch of young players on the team. The Guardians are good, and the, they're the best team in the division. They deserve to win the division. So No doubt. No um, doubt. My, my, my hat is off to you guys. I hope you guys crush in the playoffs. I heard you talking before I came on yeah. about how you hope that the Yankees are you playing the first round. Who would have ever thought you would have wished for the Yankees in the first round know, of the yeah, playoffs, but I agree with you. Yeah. White Anybody Sox, the you know, they're back-to-back division winners. The White Sox took on the Astros last year, and the Astros almost just killed them. Hey, hey, I think the Guardians have a shot. Dave, um, can you trust anybody? Are you playing anybody on the Seahawks offense at all? <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends um, on your roster. But, but so It depends on your roster. And if you're talking about a number three receiver, I think Metcalf and Lockett still qualify. We saw last week that Matt Lockett can get good numbers with Geno Smith. And then Pete Carroll kind of had the nerve to go out and at his press conference and say that we, we think we need to give more to Geno Smith. Let him throw a little bit more. And I don't know if that's him digging in at Russell Wilson because he never quite said anything like that when it came to Russ. But now he's going to let Geno Smith do it. it it's kind of crazy to me. But those are number three type receivers. They're playing Atlanta this week. The Falcons defense isn't that great. Geno Smith should have time to throw. Both those receivers can be pretty good. Derrick Henry, two games. I don't want to panic. I don't. Have, I actually don't have him in any leagues. But should fans that have Derrick Henry, you do, should they be concerned at mm-hmm. all? He didn't look good in the yeah, playoffs it, last it, year, and he hasn't yeah, looked good so far this it. year. Yeah, it, it's the offensive line is really a problem for Tennessee, and defenses know how to defend them. And let's be real, when they played the Giants in Week One, the Giants sold Leonard Williams. Uh, he, there were better run defense with him on the field. And they took on Buffalo. I think Buffalo's got the best defense in football right now when they're healthy. They're not quite healthy going into this matchup against Miami. You should keep that in mind for all your Dolphins players out. But I think as the matchups get easier, and Las Vegas is certainly an easier matchup, I think you'll see Derrick Henry do great. He's one of the players that I would tell you to buy low on because he hasn't gotten off to a good start. But he still he still has games against the rest of the AFC South. I think he's still going to have some monster numbers. 
And uh, if I can get him for the price of like someone I took in the fourth or fifth round, or James Robinson, I turned James Robinson and another player into Derrick Henry. I feel like I'm winning that trade by a Probably, yeah. Yep. David got one question from our YouTube chat. This is from Strong Clefan. Stafford or Tua this week? Mm. I'll take Stafford. I, I'm a little bit worried about Tua against that zone-heavy Buffalo defense, and Buffalo is going to get to him. That offensive line for the Dolphins isn't really that great. When he's under pressure, he does worse. And I know that he's got great receivers. He's still a top-12 guy. There's a lot of quarterbacks I don't like this week. Like, listen to this. I'll start Stafford over Tua, but I'll start Tua ahead of both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Dang. Brady because he doesn't have any receivers to throw to. It's crazy. And Rodgers because I just don't know if his receivers are good enough to help him get great numbers. Tua might have a game with 350 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. And the Dolphins might not win, but that's good enough for fantasy, and I think that's what he could end up producing. Mm. Thanks, All right, Dave. Dave. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. We'll look forward to it next week. Our waiver wire Wednesday report. Gotta with get off the schneid here. When, when Bulls are yeah, three. I better Bulls not hear Owen three from you know. The I think I, I, I think the problem is I got cocky, and I thought these guys <laughs> had no chance. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't work you hard did. on this draft. It, this was my first of my five drafts. I'm doing well in all my other leagues. I got cocky, and I better get out of it, or I'm going to be deserved to get pun- uh, crushed all the time. Yeah. So there you go. Just thanks, like your Dave. Bengals, perhaps. Yeah. Mm. Sitting at 0-2. Dave, mm. thanks. We'll see you next week. You got it, Jay. Good luck, everybody. Great stuff. Uh, McNuggets has... Yeah, we got one more nugget. Let's take tag board full here. This is actually yeah. big news here. No, 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 no. Not that one. Oh, uh, no. no listen, don't yes. look. Don't yes. look. Oh, okay. Miles Garrett, hey, Antonio, Jack Conklin, all expected oh, to play. going to play. Good. Very good, very good. Last time he played was about 1986, so that's well, good. I knew, My- I knew Miles was playing. <laughs> this guy was an Iron Man until Miles was out there with a messed up groin towards the- in like the last game last season, and he was still out there, so I knew he was playing. Yeah, he's not going to miss this. This is the Steelers. Especially after his comments with the fans. I, I don't think you call it the fans and then miss a game. That's yeah, and-, and again, yesterday, I think JOK was asked about the fans booing and, and he gave the right answer mm-hmm. and here's a second year guy yeah. who's having some coverage issues and he knew what to <laughs> say about the fans they he said I, I'm all about tough love and uh, fans absolutely have the right to boo I I'm, think I'm, by I, the way the way Hudson's played these first two games they're yeah. moving on from Conklin at the end of this year probably really do you like him that much well, he's, he's phenomenal. He's, he's, he's going to have, have, have some areas where you save money. He's been better. Yeah, yeah no, you know, thirty million over the cap right now for this. Yeah, yeah, and there, there's going to be a lot of names. And you're paying that a ton of money to, to Wyatt Teller. You're paying a ton of money to Petonio, and those guys are better than Conklin. And that's so. why they had that players only meeting last night. Because mm. this is it. This is the yeah. last year that this group will be together. It's going to be so many that's changes true. after this. Yep. that you have to capitalize. Kareem Hunt's probably gone. So yeah. Yeah, the so window, the window in the time. NFL, when it gets all the way to the top being open, it immediately starts coming back down. Yeah. Right, but the good teams can, once they're dealing with the cap, and this is the first time the Browns have ever had to really deal with the cap, right. ever, the good teams can keep drafting smart young players to replace some of the veterans to move out. Yeah, but the better you are, the later you're drafting, and it becomes harder to find right. great but, talent at the but bottom a lot of, of the draft. But the Buccaneers stayed good for a long time. The Steelers with Roethlisberger stayed good for a the long Patriots. time. If you have a good quarterback and you draft well, you could yeah. stay good for a long time. Yeah. That's true. It's time for final takes. Let's do it. Okay. And by the way, somebody sent, I think it might have been Steve, in the, in the text chat, what that <sighs> disgusting baseball was in reference to. He, he referenced a, a tweet yeah, we, we'll pull it up. We from got it. August okay. that basically you, you said well, Mike gave the me Guardians a hard time disgusting it's baseball. It was a random fan. It was like, a random fan that said it. it's not. Oh, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Right. So I don't know why they did that. It just yeah. seemed odd. I mean, I don't think. Jet, Talk about petty. I, I think any baseball fan. I think if you're a real baseball fan, a diehard baseball fan, you love watching the Guardians play. Whether you're a Guardians fan or not, I bet you diehard baseball fans enjoy watching the Guardians. They're fun as hell to watch. Yes, they are. last night when Mancada had given up already and didn't even cover the bag. I mean, they it's great. They yeah, hustled. They tore their heart. <laughs> they tore their you heart know what up. else I loved last night after Naylor was lifted when he came out of the game after uh, getting the, I think he's he got barking at him. The fans were screaming at him in Chicago and he's barking right back at him. Loved it. Was like, it. it was I like love, it. love his energy at the Guardians are like a 1980s baseball team, right? Like yeah. remember that? Remember that Cardinals team with Willie McGee and and Vince Coleman and Tommy Herr had like a hundred ribbies and like eight home runs. He so, did. 1980s. I mean, yeah. I wasn't even born. Yeah. Jason yeah. has a final take that we need to play. All right, let me start so, here. Let's get started. Both. I mean, it's only 12:53. I got a jet at one today, away. so I mean, as right, close guys. to one as we can get. So I have a huge problem 
I know Jay is a, is a guy who's anti-analytics. He doesn't love analytics. He thinks it's ruined the sport. And we've talked a lot about analytics and sports. And there's a place for analytics. I am a pro-analytics guy all the way. Analytics guy all the way. But I, I was reading a book once, um, and Theo Epstein was quoted in it, and he said, when I first got into baseball, I only cared about the analytics. And until I learned to balance the human element with the analytics, it didn't work. That's when it started to work. And I love the numbers. I'm obsessed with numbers. But they don't tell you the whole story. They tell you part of the story. Just like it's bad to only use analytics, the guys on the other side are just as dopey. Everything is the gut. Everything is, my, you know, no. You got to use the numbers too. But it's the people that can put it together that are successful. And that's not only in sports. It's also in the world of media. I feel like in the media, radio and TV, we've become slaves to the analytics. That's all we care about. And thus, we have chased away, in my opinion, a lot of baseball fans across the country, here in Cleveland and across the country. I think, you know, we always talk about the fact that when I was, on, I know when I was on the radio and certainly on this show as well, and everybody else in, in this town when it comes to baseball, well, we can't talk about the Guardians because the numbers say that people care more about the Browns. And that's true. I'm not trying to debate that the Browns are not the most popular team in Cleveland. Everybody knows the Browns are the most popular team in Cleveland. Cool. But the Guardians consistently have great ratings, both radio and TV, for baseball. They've had it forever. Why is that? If, base, if nobody cares about baseball, why are so many people watching and listening to the game? I'll tell you why. Because they're out there. We've just chased them away from the rest of sports media. I, I, again, let me make it very clear. I'm not saying the Guardians are more popular than the Browns. That would be silly. I'm saying they're more popular than all the analytics guys think they are. But when you talk only about football all the time, radio, TV, just the sports media in general, Cleveland and national, eventually the people that love baseball and would love to hear you talk about their team are going to say, well, maybe I'll go to MLB Network because my local station or my local TV is never going to talk about it. So I'm doing my part to try to bring people back to baseball. And on my podcast, I'm talking plenty of baseball. The last two podcasts I've done yesterday and today have been 80 to 90% about the Guardians. And I know I'm going to get less clicks because I'm not talking about the Browns as much. And that's okay because I think I'm going to bring more people back to me and to this show as well by talking about a team that gets mostly ignored. This is a problem on ESPN too. And that Jay's talked about it. They're always looking at the numbers. It's always about the analytics. Well, of course, everybody wants to talk about the Cowboys and Tim Tebow. Be, and, and watches the numbers are great when you talk about those things why because you've chased the other people that care about the fringe teams you've chased them out why if i'm a if i'm a uh a, a buccaneers well a buccaneers not a good example <laughs> if i'm a cults fan why am i going to watch espn they never talk about the cults i'm sure today the, on espn all their talk shows in the morning they should have been talking about aaron judge's 60 home runs that's the biggest story in sports but i bet they did a d debate topic about can the Cowboys still win without Dak Prescott? It's pathetic. But I got you for baseball coverage. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I'm with you, too. I'm with you, as you know. You say you got to be out by one? Yeah, I mean, as close to it as I can get. You know. <laughs> Go, man. Do you. Do you. I will be considerate. Be no, do what you have. Listen, Fire uh, your shot. So, so mine is, I was actually going to talk about... Uh, black fathers in their kids' lives. I was talking to my boy AC, Adrian Colbert. He played uh, 
play for the Titans. Uh, he's, he just recently became a father. But we were sitting there talking <laughs> yesterday, and I was we was we was like um, congratulating each other, and it was so nice to see that you know black men being actually a part of their kids' life. You know, when I grew up, obviously my father wasn't in my life, but and that was like the common thing when I was a kid. I met so so many of my friends didn't have their fathers in their life, and that was just the thing back then. But it's so cool to see how that is transitioning to now. It's the cool thing to do is be in your kid's life and be there for them. Like, I, the one thing that, that pains me about my two kids so far is that lat, when my daughter was turned one years old, I missed her birthday because I was in Canada, and that killed me. And from that day forward, I said I would never miss another thing for my kids. So it's cool to be in your kid's life. I'm so glad that so many black men are stepping up and we changing this narrative because for so many years, it seems like everybody didn't have a father in their life if you was a black person. So it's nice to see that's changing and our kids will be better and this world will become a better place because of it. So shout out to all the black fathers out there in their kids' Man, life. you aren't kidding. That's awesome, man. I would, awesome. I would listen to you talk about that for 30 minutes because I think it's a huge social issue in our country. Mm -hmm. And I don't know your mother. Your mother is the real MVP. Yeah, she is. Because uh, you <laughs> she, she she are a model human being Thanks. you're considerate you you're kind you're hardworking. you you're very dedicated to your craft and if you got that from one parent your mom did the work of two Thanks. and she did an unbelievable job and i'm going Thanks. to clutch onto his cape as he skyrockets <laughs> yeah, I am i'm not going anywhere every wednesday and friday i, I mean he's Cleveland lost show. on the goat conversation in basketball but besides that <laughs> yeah, wow. he does think no, I sent y'all the, the thing. Yeah, I'm no. not the only one that thinks this. He is. He is. No, that's not the greatest of all time. That's this year. I, yeah. I switched it up. Oh, okay. At 26. If you want to have the conversation, Giannis is the best in the game right now, I think we're all in on that. Yeah, sure. Shut up, no. You Somebody said, was against that. You said, I'm going to tell y'all why, he, why he's the greatest ever. I did dot, dot, dot. No. At 26. By the way, as long as we're talking about the NBA, Shut quickly, up, Mike. quickly before Jason starts his final take. This is big news because it's been a big story. Yeah. Robert Sarver, who's the owner of the Phoenix Suns and also the Mercury, has they now got rid of him. He's well. He's saying he's beginning the process to look for an owner for Makes a new sense. buyer. Yeah. The pressure's on. Well, yeah. he's the, the pariah players, right now. The players, players. Hey, he got I, I, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I just was having this conversation uh, with someone from the NBA yesterday who said, if the players really want to turn on the Heat, don't show up for training camp. Yeah. If the Phoenix Suns don't show up right. for training camp. You will put him in an untenable yeah, position right, right. because you're going to turn the other owner. Well, on didn't him. Yeah. the number two, the the second biggest stakeholder on the team say he should be gone? The second someone else? Yeah, I, can't I, I think everybody has. Him. I mean, LeBron clearly was outspoken about yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yep. And you know, the league's defense was we can't force him to sell the team. Yesterday, I saw that um, <coughs> one of the players came out and said that this should be in the players' hands. We should yeah, vote right. whether or not he can stay on or not. Uh, people, I don't think it was fair to blame Adam Silver. I mean, he can't. No, Adam Silver you know, can't force him do? to sell the team. Yeah, it is right, what right. it is. Yeah. He's an owner. I'm sure he and, wanted him out. But and, I, I, yeah. I think it's the best thing for yeah, Robert Sarver out. and yeah. for the NBA for sure. Yeah, the guys and for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. All right. My name is Jason Lloyd. I'm 46 years old, and I have a TikTok account. <laughs> and you oh can probably God. say what that I'm way? too old to be on TikTok, and you'd be right. But I've got a 20-year-old, and i got to make sure that he doesn't ruin his own life or do something <laughs> stupid on social media. So I use my TikTok account to stalk my son. And in the process, last night, I came across Kevin Rhodes, who's a musician in Nashville. And this is awesome because he's like my age. And what he does is he does... Uh, kids' favorite jams by their dad's favorite bands. And this guy is unbelievably talented. And we're going to show you a couple clips. This is this guy singing Sesame Street to the Dave Matthews as Dave Matthews. And he's got a Bob Dylan song to Old MacDonald. These are hysterical. Wow. We'll play them real quick. Go ahead and take a look. That is so, great. So this, I mean, I sent these to Mikey this morning. Mike yeah. said, I'd like to have half as much talent as these guys at anything in life. 
I just, I love, I mean, I grew up on Dave Matthews. I cackled when I saw the Dave Matthews one. In college, that's all we listened to. Uh, just something light and fun to to throw out the day. There was another one. He's got them everywhere. You can look on his YouTube page. We can play the other one. You what's, his me name? If you yeah. what's his name? Yeah, Kevin K S Rhodes is what he goes okay, by. R H R H O A D S. Well, let's let's hear ten seconds of the last one here. Let's take the Beastie Boys. Yeah, here's Beastie Boys. Oh, nice. Right? Oh, that was awesome. And he's got so many others on there as well. He's got Beach Boys. Counting Crows was awesome. He's got a great Counting Crows to Mary Had a Little Lamb. So if you want to laugh, go ahead and sign up for TikTok. If I got it at 46 years old, so can you. you. Hey, I I have one too. Oh, there you go. I have one too. I'm purely a voyeur. I don't post anything on there. But there are some, ri- and you talk about going down a rabbit hole. Oh yeah, I can TikTok, lose hours. you can lose forty-five minutes like yep. that. Yep. You're like, wait a minute, what have I just accomplished? Yep. Nothing. Yep. But it's it's entertaining. Now, is he a country music artist? I don't know what he is. I just found him last night and sent okay. him to Mikey this morning. Those are great. Unbelievably talented. The guy's and what's awesome. Your your dad's jams. They're your kids' favorite, favorite jams, jams by your, your dad's dad. favorite bands. That's getting so Billy good. Joel on. I like that. that is I haven't really seen good. Billy Joel yet, mm. but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing because yeah. I'm four minutes late to a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's See my ya. final take. We'll uh, great show again. We're back tomorrow. Obviously, tomorrow's our last day to preview the Browns and the Steelers. Guest-wise, who's coming on tomorrow? Aditi Maurice and Mike Polk will be live from a bar. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Nice list. <laughs> what? And the uh, yeah, because tomorrow. everybody's going to be hydrating before the game during our show tomorrow. You know, look. I know it's a weekday, but there's going to be a lot of people playing hooky, and they'll be they'll be tailgating early tomorrow, yeah. getting ready for the eight o'clock start. Uh, update on Chad Johnson: He wants to come on. He wants to come in. Problem is, he he gets in late tomorrow after we're off the air, and he, right now, unless that changes, he's scheduled to leave Friday before he would be able to come in. Possibly might change. I'm not looking for it to change, but if it does, we'd love to have him in. And he yep. said, if not this trip, for sure, some sometime. We're also That's doing headlines good. tomorrow and the fence game. Double up on games tomorrow. Uh, well, so. Very good. Guardians White Sox game was in the afternoon tomorrow. It's too bad. Yeah, and and true or foul? When is that? True or foul? We had to skip true. true or false this week. We just didn't have enough time. We'll get Fair we'll get foul. double true or false next week. No, I'm just talking about true or foul. True or foul? You're, yeah. you're just playing Jason's, my games Jason's now. Jason's new game. All right, <laughs> true or foul? Go Brownies. False or fair. See you tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.